Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you. That's the voice of Dick Warren, a legend in these parts. Uh, my name is Christopher McCulloch, Master Certified Coach, because you have to say that that way. Alex Terranova is with me. Alex, you are available at thedreammason.com. You're author of Fictional Authenticity, as well as contributor to Redefining Masculinity. You are a professional certified coach. Is that correct? I am a professional certified coach. You don't have to. You can say it however you want. It's not as pretentious as master certified coach. So people have the freedom to express themselves and share about it in any way they feel they feel called to. Very few things are as pretentious as an MCC. All right. Send your letters. I, that's right. I said it. Um, he said it first. Uh, anything that you want to share with the class? I know we talked about the uh, Alchemy of Men retreat and you had a huge uh, win and then you're sort of probably still walking on air from that. Anything else happening? We'll know that you got engaged to be married. Yeah, nice young lady. That I don't. I think people. I mean, I. Don't, I. You know, I don't know who knows. I, I'm under the impression that no one knows anything about me, but people apparently know things. Um, yeah, we're deep in wedding planning, and you know, I mean, you have kids. You've been married. You've done lots of things. I think the thing that is uh, great for a coaching conversation is all these big things in life. You know, we talk about like moving, stress, death, weddings are like the most, you know, stressful things for people's lives. What I notice about this is it just brings up, right? It's like, it, it, it brings all the things to the surface that you might not have been aware that are there. So my impatience, my uh, just wanting to get things done, like boxes checked off, um, uh, maybe people not listening or me not communicating well. So they're hearing what I'm saying, but I think they're not listening. All, these things, are, all these things are coming to the surface and uh, it's good. It's good. And it's really, really challenging. I'm meditating more. I'm going out into nature more because I need to like force myself to slow down because otherwise it's just, I feel like that's just like a machine gun of life is happening. Very vivid. Um, remember, I'm, I'm thinking about my own, uh, experience in this. My, my advice to you, my friend, not that you've asked and not that anybody cares is number one, um, you don't care that much about any, so <laughs> number, number two, uh, you know, try and remember to have fun and take care of each other through the process. Cause it's a process for sure. Uh, when's, when's, how long we got? What's big day? Are we talking a hundred? I think it's a hundred days from today. I think this, yeah, I think if we're, it's either a hundred or 101 days from today, but one of those two, you know, it's even, you know, you know, another thing that you'd think wouldn't be stressful. And for anyone who's not done this process, they're probably like, wouldn't man, making a registry is like, you're like, are the things too expensive? Are they too cheap? Should we be putting that? Can you put that in a registry? Like, can, you know, you're like, it becomes what I notice. what comes up for me more than anything is I start stressing about what other people are going to think or feel about the situation. Are they going to like the food? Did we pick the right hotel for them? You know, are there other gifts that are going to be, it, it's all of a sudden, 
it has like nothing to do with me or what we're doing. It's all about everyone else. So you better get me the most expensive gift on the registry. I'll just tell you that on my registry, <laughs> the last thing to be added was the first thing that was purchased for us, which was a chainsaw. So go ahead and put whatever you want on. Yeah. You have a, you had a chainsaw on your registry. You live in San I Diego. I did. I did. There was this one tree that was annoying me. Anyway, uh, let's. Uh, I feel like we've gotten off topic here. So we're here each and every week to talk. Well, okay, not every most of the week to talk uh, with people out in the cutting edge of the field of coaching. People who are doing extraordinary, powerful, or useful things, or just just darn interesting folks. Um, you're pretty interesting. Uh, people can reach you by going to thedreammason.com. Are there other places that people can reach you or find you on the webs or in the Instagrams? Or very fun? I mean, Alex Terranova on LinkedIn, Facebook, thedreammason.com. You can get everything. Oh, I just launched my first new, uh, I didn't share that with you, my first new podcast, uh, Playing With Problems, uh, where successful people tell me everything that's wrong with their lives instead of successful people telling us why they're so great. We talk about actually what challenges they're facing. Uh, that just nice. came out this week. Yeah. And then what do you do with it? Just like sympathy? I just or... laugh at them. I just oh, laugh sure. and shame them for having problems. Uh, no, we like... Ironically, we, I would listen to that podcast. Yeah. We, we, uh, we spend about 10 minutes talking about what makes them successful, what areas of their life they feel they're successful. And then we look at uh, what the areas that they feel like they're... Or an area of their life that they feel like they're challenged by. And then we do some coaching, some advice, um, some brainstorming. It's kind of like a lot. It's like almost some people have said it's like a live session. Everybody cries. I'm not doing that. It's not me. Everyone else, everyone that comes on, they cries. So if you have a thing for listening, you know, to people cry, it's a, it is a, it is the show. I feel like now you've laid down a gauntlet and we should try and make you cry on today's show. But I'm ready. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. And is that available on a couple of media and wherever you find your podcast? Everywhere you find your podcast, it's on YouTube also, so you can watch the people cry and not only listen. Play with problems and watch right. That's quite neat. All right, let's talk about let's talk to and about our guest, an extraordinary powerhouse. We're delighted to be uh, joined today by Rolinda Orgella, an executive leadership transitions, well-being, resilience, and the E and I coach. Um, she's a coach educator, holding a CMC, and currently does mentor coaching for the ICF, ACC, and PCC. She does group coaching for coaches, e-learning, self-led courses, and supervision, but is very passionate, and I should say is very passionate about the E&I, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, we're delighted to welcome to our microphone, all the way from London, England, Rolinda Orgella. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me here. Thanks for being had and for putting up with this nonsense. Yeah, I'm um, sorry you had to listen to all that. That must have been horrible. <laughs> we, um, I think that people know uh, what DEI is and why it's important. But would you share what you see it is and why it's important? Yeah, sure. So, and good point. Sometimes you say DEI and I, um, and then we don't know exactly what it is within it because there are different ways of um, putting it. So. Diversity um, in a group, you can see different types of diversity. It's quite a broad topic. Inclusion is being inclusive in that group. And equity is thinking about, I mean, equality is often used, but it's shifted to equity, right? So thinking about those different people and their different needs and how do we bring people to more similar levels, if that makes sense. 
things. And just, um, I heard the greatest thing and I'm going to blow it because I can't think of who said it, but I recently was at the, um, regional ICF conference in the Midwestern regional conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here in the United States. And, uh, the speaker, and I'll come up with their name because I've got her book, uh, said, this is not a talk about DEI. This is a talk about the future of coaching and then, and therefore necessarily we include DEI. Is that how you see it? Or what's the role, do you think, how, how important is diversity, uh, inclusion and belonging to the future of coaching? I think the way I'm viewing it is that it's part of coaching. I think a lot of when we look at the competencies, you can see that, I mean, that's documents uh, from the ICF and talking about ICF coaching, but in other areas as well, which is a lot about all of the competencies link into diversity inclusion. Um, a lot of thought went into that. Um, but I think for me, when I went into coaching, it, diversity inclusion is important. And a lot of what, and that was the old competencies, right? Um, a lot of what they stand for is about this person in front of you and sort of partnering with them towards where they want to go, which I think has a lot about diversity inclusion in it. What do you what do you think the difference it makes for a coach if if I'm aware of this conversation as a coach versus being unaware of it? Good question. So I think if we're aware of it, we're more conscious. So we're more conscious of ourselves as well, which is a huge part of coaching. Um, it's also a huge part of diversity inclusion, right? So um, being aware, conscious of ourselves, our own biases, our own tendencies. Sometimes we use, often coaching, we use judgment um, as a word there can help us with navigating the coaching as well. And also some of it's around coaching, but also respecting the client and where they want to go. Um, there's a lot around that. Do you think that, um, well, you know, as a lot, in a lot of coaching programs that have been, you know, around for a long time, I think there's, we have conversations about awareness and, and being conscious but not necessarily around like these specific topics. Do you, do you see, and do you think that uh, coaching training organizations need to start like building this right into their training or is this like an additional, more advanced kind of thing? I think that's a really good question. It, I think it is part of it. If you're working with the ICS competencies, it should be there, but maybe making it more obvious is also will give coaches more confidence as well that they're working with that and connecting the dots helps with that consciousness, right? Uh, I think there's also a piece around, you know, there's so much around creating space and coaching and that is so powerful in diversity inclusion as well, whether it's coaching or not. Um, so there's some things that overlap as well. There's some amazing skills that you can get from coaching. But yeah, I think it should be part of it and maybe more more obviously part of it my apologies for the the person i spoke of was latanya wilkins and this is her book leading below the surface i'm so sorry that i hadn't there some some might call it a, a senior moment but uh that would not be very kind from a deep nine perspective um 
my thinking is that cultural differences, being able to be with cultural differences, will challenge us for the foreseeable future. Am I wrong? Will we, are we becoming more homogenous and more, you know, sort of one culture, monocultural through our global globalism and the growth that way? Or do you think that knowledge of cultures and the individual cultural awareness is critical or useful function? Hmm. I think it's interesting how it, they're both there, that we might be getting more things that are common or especially when you look at corporate, certain things are common to have in a corporate environment that's international. At the same time, there are these cultural differences and recognizing those are so important um, and being able to include those, right? That can we include someone has a different opinion is, or a different perspective or way of doing something, whatever the environment, I think is always going to be there a bit. And that's also what makes us, you know, having different people is how we find different solutions as well. So I think there's, there's probably both and being aware of the advantages and disadvantages of both and uh, creating inclusivity for that. Yeah, thanks. I know that I recognized afterwards that that was an impossible question. So thanks for, thanks for taking it. But I do, um, I will say, you know, as someone who's had the privilege of working internationally, I mostly feel like a, a silly clown because I'll use a reference that is clearly, you know, say centered, you know, a baseball analogy or something that is not unit or transferable to other cultures. Um, is there some sort of catch up training that you're aware of? You know, what, where, where does a coach, and I suppose, as I heard earlier, you know, we want all coach education to include awareness of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. But is there is there something that you're aware of that's sort of a good starting place for coaches who may be new to the conversation or just the sort of entering it? You have resources that you love or recommend? That's a good one. So being aware of it, I think, is a good piece, great example with the baseball. Um, I think coaching actually has quite a lot of that built into it, right? When we talk about, um, you know, we're going to take what this person is saying using their analogies, their understanding, um, that in itself goes so much into taking the person that is in front of us and not using our own analogies, using theirs. Um, if we don't get it, what they're saying as well, what their analogy is, there's always like sort of asking, oh, what do you mean by that? Um, so I think there's being present with the client and being able to communicate like that. So I think that's a good one. Um, and in terms of resources, I mean, there's a lot around different cultures. Um, speaking to people is always great, like different people, different, um, sometimes it's something you wouldn't have heard about. Um, you know, there's also, there's a lot around, and um, I've worked in different cultures as well, but some, some of them are more hierarchical right these stereotypes that you have and be careful with that too um i know i coach people who maybe fit into certain groups and they uh, you know what you think is uh, stereotypically very hierarchical and they're going very against that um so being aware of that person in front of you old white american men for example yeah <laughs> i was uh i was just having a conversation with 
Evan, my my partner, um, about uh, things that we don't that we were not conscious of, like, um, and this is when I this we were talking about like comedians. There's like female comedians and comedians. And often I was, I was sharing with her that like, often as a man, I don't resonate with female, with, with female musicians that are like singing about men. And she was like, well, that's really interesting. Right. Because as women, we resonate with men who are singing about women. And, um, it was a great, like little simple conversation, right. We were having that had me go, oh my God, I've never even, right. Like looked at, right. The, the, the structure of the patriarchy and, and male dominating everything that like men don't consider women as funny. So there's female comedians, there's female musicians, right? Like there's all these things. And to me, it's a great moment of mindfulness, right? Like I got mindful of the way my brain automatically works and it's not wrong, right? No one got hurt. It's not bad. It's just the simple programming. How do you view mindfulness? Like what's your, how do you describe or define mindfulness to people that just hear it as like a buzzword? It's a really good point. So mindfulness for me is being present in the present current moment. Um, so that can mean a lot of different situations, right? Um, I do a lot of meditation, so I link that in, but it doesn't have to be. And if we're, I mean, we use aware a lot in coaching. There is a link to that, being aware, self-aware, um, something that we train coaches on. That's really important to, to their development as well and their coaching. So I think being aware of our, it could be our tendencies or, you know, things that we didn't know before and being able to uncover them is so important because there's always, I think there might always be something that we find out. Um, and it's also linked to presence, right? So being in the moment you know, being able to understand what's going on, not distracted. What do you find, I mean, just as for you, what do you find the most challenging, right? This, this is, um, I think like the great thing about the D&I conversation is it occurs as like endless because there's a endless types of people. There's endless types of ways we identify. There's and and we keep and and there's and it's ongoing. It, it continues to evolve, right? And it can be challenging because of that. Because it won't. I, I don't believe it will actually ever stop. We won't actually ever get to the end of it. Because by the time we get to where we thought we were going, it will have evolved. Um, what do you find challenging in 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 this topic for yourself? I think you definitely onto something. It's it's heaps. It's going to keep going, right? Gonna, there's, we're going to uncover new things around diversity and inclusion. Um, a bit like coaching, we're going to keep learning, <laughs> which, I mean, if you've got that mindset, I think that helps. Um, I think there can be a lot of frustration around diversity and inclusion um, in terms of, okay, we're not seeing as much progress as we're like. We're not where we feel we should be. Um, and that's a, it's a great coaching topic, actually, as to how do we find the motivation to keep going and what we're doing. Um, I think there's also a lot of other things around coaching and diversity inclusion where, you know, coaching is an amazing, if you can use coaching, it's an amazing place to be in terms of people's development. But it can be that coaching is not appropriate. It could be that therapy is. There's a lot of drama around diversity and inclusion topics. Um, could also be that people are not ready. A huge amount of work in looking at yourself 
to to do in that space, um, which is hard. Not everyone's ready. I think there's also, I've noticed there's a lot of knowledge missing. Um, so how do you coach when the knowledge is missing? It's kind of a tricky one because then you're not coaching, you're trading. Um, that's why I sometimes combine sort of, not combine, separate it, but have training, coaching and group coaching. So it kind of brings different aspects into it. And you can separate the coaching as in that's my work. Um, and yeah, that overwhelm, I think, comes in a lot. People want to do something, but it just feels like too much. There's so much of it. I think that comes in. That really resonates for me. I keep wanting to take the course or see the book list or, you know, something like, where do we start? How do I get this going? Rather than just blundering along. Um, it's not exactly on topic, but I was thinking about your, the work that you do, mentoring, mentor coaching, uh, people getting their PCC, I assume from an ACC, but, but some perhaps from scratch, sort of going directly from their PCC. Um, stepping maybe away from DEI, but perhaps it's actually in the answer. What is the thing, if you, could, if you could sort of wave your magic wand and tell all the people who wanted to go for their PCC one or two things, what are the things that you see most often or would love to have everyone know so that you don't have to keep training them on it when you're mentors? I think some patterns are creating that space so powerful and trusting yourself. I think it's interesting the conversations you have with mentoring and how aware people can be of what just happened as well. Um, being able to trust themselves through that process. And that's, it's interesting. I've been doing some pieces with newer coaches who are not accredited and there's some similar patterns there. Um, yeah, but it still happens with, with different levels. Yeah. If you now ask me. <laughs> what do you think? Is well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, the thing that I would love to everyone to know is uh, perhaps best personified in a 1990s song by Fat Joe, uh, the famous philosopher and rap star, who said, Lean back. You find that people are always, you know, sort of right on top of the client with ready for the next question. And I just want everybody to say, which is, I think, your point of creating space, right? People have a minute. I do it too. <laughs> I want to do a really good job of coaching. I'm doing this. Um, and then exactly. you lean back and it happens. It's interesting. Yes, I love those things. So creating space and trusting yourself. Um, I know that you've done a lot of work in yoga and mindfulness. You're a, a lifelong learner, love to learn, and you've got a lot of training in your own background. Everything from business and project management to nutrition and mediation. And you've done a lot of work in HR and biotech fields. But I'm wondering where you see mindfulness intersecting with coaching and maybe particularly with the ENI issues. If if you do, I don't mean to make up stuff, but it seems to me that there's some sort of a connection there. Yeah, I think mindfulness can bring a lot to our lives. I mean, that's what I feel. I feel like when I first started meditating in my 20s, I didn't quite get it. I felt like I was missing something um, and developed along the way. And now I um, 
oops, it's a bit more like everyday practice. Um, but I think it bring, can bring a lot of self-awareness, um, which really powerful to coaching. Um, we sort of, even that checking in with ourselves that we could do a meditation or being mindful. Um, and I think that's also really useful to diversity inclusion as well. And um, being able to, okay, where am I at this moment? Being able to bring that in so that we're not sort of reacting as well. We can bring that in. We can bring it into responding. Um, made that sound way easier than it is, <laughs> but it can support that um, in terms of, you know, being aware. Um, I just came, I just did a weekend, well, not just a couple of, a few weeks ago, a mindfulness sort of retreat, um, which was really intense for three days. Um, and then coming out of it, I did notice a few things about my coaching. Like I, I know which part's mine in this coaching dynamic. I think my coaching was stronger because of that, that I was able to sort of, yeah, I think it has a huge role to play. That really, I really, that really resonates for me, right? When I come out of you know, the men's retreat I did or a uh, plant medicine journey or um, even a trip, even like a, a, a vacation, I come back and I'm, it feels like I have blinders on. Like I'm really excited to coach. I'm, I'm, I'm really right there. Uh, and I think that it mimics life. Like, you know, we get in our, our meditation habit or our yoga habit or whatever we're doing. And then as time goes on, it becomes harder to stay in that lane. Um, how do you, how do, how do you keep yourself to like, you know, to practice the mindfulness, but to do it every day. So you're not straying. And also when you're with your clients, like, what do you do to notice your biases and judgments that come up when you're coaching? I think that's a practice. Um, so mine's still developing. <laughs> um, I think, you know, even if you're doing short amounts of meditation every day, that will add up. There's checking in with yourself. There's being mindful. Okay, what's going to bring me, you know, being out in nature for a small amount of time, is that going to bring me something? Knowing where you are and what you need. Um, and, you know, it kind of goes into that well-being and self-care too. Like can be small things that add up to quite a lot. So we're in a better space. And um, in the coaching, being aware of that chatter that goes on, um, sometimes a good place but being able to catch yourself as well um I had one recently where I a bit more tired it's like I'm not sure where this client's going there's that curiosity there but that's thought that's going on in my head being able to then focus on the session um because that's a distraction <laughs> um so it might be that or it might be something a little bit more judgmental than that and being able to focus it <laughs> Yeah, um, it's the practice though, and I find it it goes up and down at different times. And if there's a lot of that chatter for me, it probably means I need to do a bit more self care of some kind. Um, that could be meditation, it could be just the break, it could be a bit of rest. <laughs> um, yeah, it could be a lot of things. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, I want to ask you about uh, making. Uh, coaching more inclusive and available to people. Um, but I also, but I, but as I was thinking of this, asking about this, I also had a thought that, you know, we, we, Christopher and I will ask a lot of guests about, Hey, how do we get coaching more available to people? 
And recently I've actually thought about, it feels like coaching is very available because of apps and things now. There's all these apps and things that you can get a coach for like 30 bucks an hour, you know, $50 an hour, $100. So there's a, there's a huge uh, spectrum, right? There's coaches that charge hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then there's, I think like the apps like better up or yeah, I don't even know. I, are, I think you can get a coach for a hundred dollars or less. Um, now you don't have the access of like therapy where you can use your insurance if you have that. Um, but do you feel like because of those things, we're making it more available and inclusive to people or as, as sometimes it feels like we're just giving people a kind of half asked for letter, lack of a better word version, right? We're giving them like the discount. We could say people don't have access to good food. They have access to like Coca-Cola and terrible things. That's not really food. It just, it just, is, is that what's happening? Or they're like, I know I'm like made this kind of a bigger question. What do you see in that inclusivity and, and access that people have to coaching? The question is probably moving in. It's also going in an interesting direction and different things are being tried out, which is not a bad thing, but maybe we don't have all the answers. Um, I think access, some of that, especially right now and with the economic situation, it can be financial too. Um, it's also making sure that people are ready for coaching and getting the most out of it, I think can be a tricky one and timing for it, right? So it's good that people have access to it, um, but how do we make sure it's the right sort of coaching for the right people? I think there are a lot of questions as well. Um, right timing know enough about coaching that they can benefit from it, that coaching's right as well, because um, it could be something else that's needed as well. Um, so there's this finance piece, which can be a barrier as well for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, sort of finding the balance of the quality of coaching too, like and, and coaches, right? There's how do we make sure even in our training that we have a good quality of coach training and what we understand by that but then people can afford to go on it as well these courses here tired of presentations with no impact no inspiration and no traction do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones christopher mcculloch brings energy insights and two decades of experience delivered with punch humor and heart your team will leave energized uplifted and with a sense of purpose Visit ChristopherMcCulloff.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcCulloff.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. 
Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovations, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. We'll run a company, but sorry to barge in here. I run a company that does coach training. And one of the things that we did is early on, uh, created us and who we are in the matter with regard to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And then, of course, it was up to us to fulfill that. I'm imagining that this is true of so many organizations and companies out there. Right? People are awakening to some of the, everything from, you know, individual trauma to um, systemic racism and other things and wanting to address it. One of the ways we addressed it was we created scholarships, right? So that, so as to increase access and then got some criticism even for that, because it's not, you know, is it just performative? Are we, you know, are we then uh, by, by making some seats available, why don't we do more? Those sorts of things. I imagine that certainly there are a lot of companies and people both in and out of the coaching space, working with coaches who are essentially performative, right? Just trying to check a box so they can move back on to regular life. And then there are many organizations and individuals who are truly committed to it and a bit uncertain about the path forward. To your mind, and this may be an unfair question, is there every step forward a good step or does it have to be you know a, a, some sort of a brand or or de gras you know that will that will once and for all decimate the racism that exists or or where, where do you stand on this sort of you know what's a performative gesture versus what's an actual first step is that sir it's a tricky one to answer isn't it um I think, and there's not one, if there was one answer to this. Right, we could all get it right. We'd already be there. Yeah, so I think there's a bit of that and um, sort of that sort of different groups look different too. Like when you're doing diversity inclusion in certain teams, the answer might look different to another team or the same team later even. So I think trying stuff is good. Um, I think that's that's definitely good. we can go wrong as well and being open to that. It just doesn't feel very good when we go wrong. <laughs> Sometimes in this space, that feels like there's a lot of judgment. I think there's a bit of that as well. Um, just being able to try something and learn from it and develop it and also recognize we're running businesses, right? So how do we balance this with running a business and what I can do or what skills do I have even like me as an individual or, you know, we can't solve it all. It would be nice if we could. Um, don't know if that's the case. So just sort of picking those pieces that we can contribute to um, and building on them um, and getting the input and the feedback in an open way would be nice. Um, it doesn't always feel like that either. Um, but being able to sort of adapt to with what we learn, because if we don't do anything, we don't see any progress either. I love that answer. And Alex, feel free to jump in if you've got something here. But for me, the feels quite a bit like 
like maybe the coaching education journey. I don't know about yours, Merlinda, but mine continued to open up, right? So I would get to a certain level, but mastery was, is still elusive all the way to um, because there's always something to learn, develop, or grow into. And so I, I'm sort of holding the DEIB work in the same regard. In other words, it's not only our responsibility to continue to develop in those areas, but if I may, I think it's our responsibility, and I particularly speak to those of us who have had advantages for to educate ourselves and each other. You know, I'm, I've sat in many a conference room where some white male stood up and said something very dumb. You know what I mean? And I used to just sit there and silent the judgment as, as I enjoy, so enjoy doing. But, um, but now I find it's my responsibility to go and speak to that person. Ideally, not necessarily, you know, in an embarrassing or shameful way, but to sort of, hey, can I speak to you about that? Or, you know, have a schedule a conversation. So as to try and bring my fellow coaches up the speed, at least to what I've learned, and as hopefully people will continue to bring me up, is this a, a workable future for coaching where we all sort of lift each other up as we learn? I think so. I think it helps me with working through it. There was, I mean, I'm mixed race. I've been exposed to a lot more sort of my parents spoke about it quite a lot, which is great. Um, but it's a continuous journey. And that's what I love about coaching <laughs> and being able to sort of bring that into, okay, I'm working in the space of diversity and inclusion. I love that I'm going to be continuing to learn about coaching throughout my whole career, my whole life, I'm pretty sure. Um, applying that mindset to diversity and inclusion has helped me. Um, it can sometimes feel hard and we keep learning and, you know, there's mistakes we make and being compassionate with ourselves and others around that, I think is a really positive way forward. Also finding our way with it, right? Like being able to, how we raise things um, might look different to before because we've got more knowledge um, and we've grown as a person is so important as well. I'm just, I'm just pondering uh, Christopher in a, in a room saying something dumb and then having to walk himself outside and talk to himself about what he, he said. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about like what you, what you do personally with your, you do, you men, you do mentoring for the ICF. Um, do you mentor people for what levels are you mentoring people for their MCC for PCC? What, what levels are you currently working with people on? So ACC and PCC, I'm a PCC, so <laughs> Can't do okay. um, yeah, that's my that's my journey. Um, and I've started working with not accredited coaches, which is interesting. Um, actually, not that different in some ways, but really enjoying that. For, to for like su yeah. to support them to get accredited, or yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. ACC. Yeah. What are you finding on on that journey? Um, what are you finding is the value that What's changing for people as they, let, let's use that, like as they go from unaccredited to accredited, what shifts for them? I think there's that understanding of the competency. I think because the competencies have changed as well is an interesting one. So even if you've got someone who was accredited a while ago, they've changed and shifted. 
there's still a lot of parallels, but the understanding piece is quite an interesting one. Um, I mean, for me, it makes a lot more, it seems more accessible, um, but it's also sort of that re sort of, it's rewording almost, but sort of looking at that focus on, there's a focus on learning now where the process on planning was a little bit different before. So I'm finding that coming in um, and yeah, people finding sort of connecting those pieces and depending where they are on their journey, either it's um, meeting those competencies or also finding their own way of doing it, which I think is important as well, that style piece as well. There's a lot of flexibility in, doesn't feel like it at the beginning, um, in that in sort of framework. I think that's what's so amazing about coaching. We could find our own way of doing something um, which is unique to us, um, could be really creative as well. Um, and we were always learning new ways of doing it. And I know you have, so do you do, do you teach meditation also? Do you do corporate, individual and corporate? It's on your, I, I can't, from your website, I'm trying to get an idea. I have done. I've been doing a little bit less of that. I try to bring in mindfulness into group coaching spaces, for example. You know, when we come in, a lot of people have been jumping around from different um different meetings so I try and bring it in in that space you know and also to be just being sort of present and focused so it's coming up like that at the moment more and then what kind of what other ways um can like people interact with you like uh, obviously as a coach you do corporate coaching and individual coaching you do DEI are there other ways people can interact or work with you Uh, yeah so I have some courses online which are um not Linked to coaching, they're more mindfulness and based on values. Um, can always contact me on LinkedIn or um, per email, which you can find on my website. And um, I've got an Instagram account. I haven't been doing very much on that um, recently, but uh, yeah, that might change. What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to be making a difference in? I think people's development, which sounds very broad. <laughs> um, but I think as a coach, I get to do that in so many different ways. It might be linked to diversity inclusion. It could be something completely different. Um, and just being part of that process with someone and partnering on it's very, I think it's a very special, uh, I guess it's a relationship. I love that we're talking with you about the, the things that are more you, because I know that up till now we've been talking about these really broad things. You, um, uh, you're a bit of a mystery. You know, we see your, we see your face and all these wonderful things that you do. Anything uh, that you want to share with us about your life? You've heard that Alex has a lot going on and uh, you probably heard that I don't have very much going on. What, what, what are, that you'd like to share with us about? I don't know, anything you're dealing with or creating or doing something in your in your personal life, so to speak. Yeah, so something that, Alex, when you're talking about your preparation for your engagement really resonated with me. I'm pregnant at the moment, so expecting the little one soon. Um, and for very similar things. So glad we like asked. Yeah. Like impatience coming in. Uh, to my coaching or different focuses, you know, it's so very excited about that. And may I ask, is this your first book? Yeah. Yeah. So even oh. more, <laughs> even more unknown. So, right. It's so everything, every moment. Oh, my. so excited for you. Yeah. Very good. And you live in the city proper? Uh, yeah. Country part or, or a suburb? 
at the moment we're in the city um so that might change as well so a bit more nature would be nice it's a big change right many many city dwellers once they have a family are are like need space and thing yells yeah 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 definitely i'm excited and so maybe even more important or at least that gives me a frame for how your mindfulness and your meditative practice right and once the the little angel arrives, then they'll be sort of trying to squeeze that into your schedule, however your schedule might say, right? Yeah. To that point, you provide something lovely, uh, drop-in meditations. Will you tell us about those? They're coming back, right? Yeah, they'll probably come back after a little while. (laughs) um, But yeah, it's just to provide some space for for other people as well. Um, I know it's challenging sometimes, so being able to drop in and have some space for yourself. to be mindful can help people focus. So that's something I do. Will you, will you share more about what the design looks like? And, and if you don't know, that's fair. But I know that, for example, I'm sort of new to meditation and have never been a very patient person, whereas Alex has a lot of experience. Would it be better for one of us or the other, or is it good for anyone? I think for anyone. Um, everyone's in different stages. I mean, I've been practicing quite regularly for a while, and I still challenges different days so it's for everyone um and it's a short one right so i bring in different pieces um and it's also you know being aware of where you are it's bringing that awareness in which is important um and sometimes different pieces come in um i've been taught more in sort of buddhist approaches um so i mean that's my preference I think everyone should choose how they prefer to <laughs> to meditate and be mindful as well. So giving people options is important too. Nice. So it's just a bit of a, when you say drop in, is it a scheduled time and people can yeah. drop in? Drop in. If they're free, and, yeah. And have some time for themselves, yeah. I've, I've now got a complicated question and I want to own both the complication, but I'm really hoping you could clear this up for you provide, up until a big day anyway, you provide a bunch of services, right? Not only are you a coach, but you also do, as we've talked about, mentor coaching for people looking for a credential. Uh, one, of the, one of the two, the three. You provide coach ment- uh, sorry, coaching supervision, group coaching coaches. I don't know if you provide team coaching as well as individual coaching. And that's a lot of different things. Can you articulate the differences for it? Yeah, so I do a lot with coaches. And I think this is also something that's developing in my business as well. So let's see where this goes. So for coaches, there's um, mental coaching, supervision, and group coaching for coaches. Um, For organizations, I do a lot with team group coaching, one-on-one coaching. Um, And I also provide that for individuals as well. So that one-on-one coaching, it's mostly for individuals. I'm sorry if my question wasn't clear, which is, would you articulate the differences? So, for example, what is it to mentor a coach versus what is coaching supervision versus what is a group coaching for coaches? I'm imagining that who are not familiar with the terms going, I wonder what the difference is. Really good question. So mentor coaching is in that I do ICF mentor coaching. So that is coaching to the ICF competencies. So you'd listen to a recording together and then we'd have a discussion around the coaching 
supervision is more about how you are as a coach. So you come in with um, whatever topic, it's usually around a coaching session and it's going a bit deeper. I mean, sometimes that goes into mental coaching too. Group coaching is quite unique in that you bring people together. It's a small group um, and we normally have a theme or a topic. So we're just, we might have some slides or not. I find coaches, sometimes we don't always need that. Um, and we discuss it as a group. So me as a facilitator of this group, um, it's a little bit different, but you get different. So for diversity inclusion, for example, you get a lot of different people's perspectives, which is so powerful. Um, also get to ask different people different things in that setting as well. So love doing group coaching um, and with coaches as well. It's a little bit different too when you're doing it with organizations. Imagine this uh, and a bit stuffier I'm envisioning uh, in organizations. Do you, do you have any sort of tips for coaches who may be branching out into the group coaching world? I'm envisioning that one-on-one -on -one coaching in an organization, I think we all know is valuable because you've got the, our support, right? Who has no agenda other than just support you. But in group coaching situations and especially team coaching where it's an existing group within the organization, I would imagine that's quite challenging because they've already established their hierarchy or pecking order. They've already established their interactions with each other and that intimacy or sort of telling or, or authenticity that comes with coaching might be a little harder to come by. Do you have any tips or ways that you sort of get people more authentic in those situations? It's a really good question. And sometimes with team coaching, it's a little bit different and figuring out what's going on there. Um, a lot more complex come from an HR background so a lot of that knowledge comes in there with a group sometimes they don't know each other right and things start to happen um, and getting to know each other it's usually virtually for me at the moment um, can be tricky so I think I use a bit of grounding at the beginning to get people centered because we're often a bit distracted when we come into this um, and sort of you know bringing people together around we often have a topic and um, having prepared if they're prepared that's great but being aware of also you know some people like to talk a lot some people are a bit more quiet doesn't mean they have something not something to say um and a lot of the time if it's a difficult topic like being able to create that space and that trust and safety is so important as well and you know straight off the bat that's kind of tricky to do but um it's kind of setting expectations as well around that yeah do you think you could help alex and me in any way no i'm sure you're great <laughs> we're we're helpless there's no hope for us um where can people how do i know you mentioned before you're in your people can find you in different places what are the best ways for people to reach out to you um and connect with you work with you um i think either through my website um, which is melindorajala.com um, or by email as well, which is on there, um, or LinkedIn. I think they're the best place. We'll throw all those links in the show notes. And then I know you have a giveaway for our, for our listeners, uh, a really generous giveaway, a 20% e-learning online courses. Um, and if they put in, I guess, uh, what, 
TCS20, the coaching show, TCS20, uh, to get 20% off on your e-learning and online courses. Thank you. That's an awesome. And three one-hour free mentoring sessions. Is that for real? Three, three one-hour, three hours you're giving away? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all to the same person. These are yeah, different exactly. people. Oh, yes. oh, God. I was like, okay. I was like, whoa. Um, and that's like oh, submitting, you, submitting a recording and, uh, and getting supported around that, right? That yeah. is huge. So that's just sort of like a taster. So you get one hour, does come per serve, I think, uh, and just a sort of experience. Well, let's make it interesting. Pick three numbers between one and 10. Three, two, nine. Very good. So if you're the third, the second, or the ninth person, nice. to, to email producer at thecoachingshow.com, producer at thecoachingshow.com, then you could be the, the recipient of a free mentoring session, which is just so generous. Thank you so much. Sorry to interrupt that. Go ahead. You're doing a great job. I don't care what the people I'm um, Okay. So we know where to find you. You're giving away generous gifts. Uh, if we give you the last word, what would you like to share or say to our audience? For coaches, I'm assuming most people listening are coaches. So last, yeah. keep doing both. Both people listening are coaches. Oh, both people. There you go. <laughs> um, keep doing the work and enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you. That's beautiful. That, of course, is Merlinda Orgella. You can find web that is very popular on the internet. Yeah, Merlinda Orgella, and that's spelled M-E-R-L-I-N-D-E-R-O-R-J-E-L-A.com. You can also look at LinkedIn or anywhere else. Um, you can please, please write in and get that beautiful gift of a free mentoring session. Also, check out the website and get use TCS20 to get 20% off e-learning and online courses. And don't forget to drop in meditations coming back in 2023. And you get to meet the newest Orgella. Um, Alex Serenova, <laughs> available at thedreammason.com. Next year, you'll be a married person. And... Um, Whoa! <laughs> and your, your book is Fictional Authenticity. You're also a contributor to uh, Redefining Masculinity. and Alchemy of Men, is that its own thing yet? Or do we find it through the Freemason.com? Alchemy of Men, uh, Alchemy of Men is its own thing, but you can find you can find it through the Dreammason.com. Alchemy of Men to our second retreat is coming summer of 2023. Uh, we're going to be announcing location, dates, house information in January. Um, and we'll have a really great opportunity to get in early if you are so inclined. Um and then we're going to do some other one-off, one-day men's things and some other events uh, that are, uh, you know, not as, not as time or commitment invested as a, as a full-on retreat. All right, settle down. down. We'll, we'll, check, we'll check it out on the web. Settle down. Yeah, we get it. We'll have to get you, we have to get you there. If we can't get you there, there's no hope for any of us. <laughs> right. Um, I'll, I'll, I treasure my beautiful gift though, of my Alchemy of Men retreat Yeti Rambler mug. So there's lots. Oh, of you got it. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you very much for being with us, both of you. Uh, our longtime sponsor, we want to shout out our longtime sponsor of this show for over 20 years. The world's finest coach training program is available at accomplishmentcoaching.com.
accomplishmentcoaching.com. That's accomplishmentcoaching.com. Check it out. Now available in-person training or virtual training or a blended new, new blended program where you're a bit in-person and mostly virtual. I thank you all for listening, our dear listeners. We're here each and every week bringing you people out of the cutting edge of coaching, people who are just plain interesting or people doing something to move the coaching industry forward right here on accomplishmentmedia.com or wherever you get your podcast. I thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.